We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. We can learn so much as we study the Bible. One of the main things or one of the main lessons we can learn is what effect Jesus Christ has on people who truly know Him. What effect can Christ have on your life? I heard once that we shouldn't talk about narratives and talk about people in the Bible because the story is really all about God. And I think if we say this, we've missed the whole point. Because see, that's what makes God amazing. Is that He takes sinful people like me and you and He uses us. <laughs> And when we study the Bible and we look at character traits and characters within the Bible, we can see the effect God can have on people's lives. He can have that effect on your life. And there's a reason to read and study about the men like Daniel and like we saw last week in Simeon. Why? Because we see God at work in man. We can see what God can do in you. And so as we go through these narratives and we look at all these different people, I want you to be encouraged that no matter how tough your circumstances are, God can work in you too. No matter how much sin you feel like you can't put to death, God can work in you too. There is victory in knowing Jesus. We see it today. Last week we looked at the testimony of Simeon concerning the arrival of the Messiah. This week we look at the testimony of Anna concerning the arrival of the Messiah, Jesus. This week we will look at the testimony of Anna concerning the Messiah. Today we're going to look at the practical aspects of Christian life as revealed in Anna. You can follow along in your notes and fill in the lines. We're going to see Anna is a no-excuses kind of lady. She's a no-excuses kind of lady. There's no excuses given by Anna. Though she could have given many. Let's read our passage in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 39. Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 39. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel. Of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years. And had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then, as a widow, to the age of 84, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. At the very moment, at that very moment, the moment when Jesus had come in, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak to, of Him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. 
You know, ladies and gentlemen, we all have no excuse for, for not continually praising and thanking God. Let me say that again. There are no excuses in this room. None of us have any excuses for praising God all the time. We should do it all the time. There is no excuse. Anna gives us a beautiful picture of that. She has many apparent excuses. When you look at her life, you would say, now if there was one lady that could say, I'm not going to praise God, she has them. That's one thing that just stuck out to me when I was reading this text. Stood out. Let's look at four excuses Anna could have given from this passage. But she did not use them. We're going to look at four excuses Anna could have given, but she didn't give. And as you look at this, they should cause you to evaluate your own life. And see whether or not you're an excuse maker. Whether we are making excuses. Notice in the passage, first, Anna was a widow. Now, as you study this passage, it's very simple. She had become a widow. It says she was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Now, what does that mean? Well, the word marriage actually means uh, virginity, uh, the idea of not uh, being with a man. And most likely, this is referring to very early in her life. At that age, and how about this one, women would get married at 12 to 13. How many ladies in here are ready for that at 12 to 13? <laughs> in that culture... 12 to 13, you would get married. Most likely, Anna had gotten married at 12 to 13 and had lived with her husband for seven years. Okay, what does that make her? Roughly 20, right? And then what happens? He dies. Or he's gone. He's out of the picture, right? How hard would that have been? Stop, think for a second. Wouldn't you think if there was anybody that could make an excuse, it would have been Anna. Anna could have said, hey, wait a second. I had a, I had a nice husband. I'm young. And boom, gone. But Anna didn't give excuses. Notice She's described as continued serving. She continued to serve night and day, day and night in the temple. Wow! This is staggering. Anna had, a, had lost her husband early, and yet she served God day and night in the temple. I want to be like Anna. How about you? Now again... Why? Because God's working in her. And that same truth is possible for you. Look, the circumstances are difficult. Yes, but she kept going. And God used this one special lady to be the one that would proclaim the Messiah. 
So Anna did not use her singleness or her widowed status as a reason for not praising and serving God. Notice the next excuse Anna did not give. It says, Anna was very elderly. It says this, She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Now notice, and then as a widow to the age of 84. Now, <coughs> when you first read this in the text, you might think, okay, so she was an 84-year-old widow. Well, actually, the way it's worded in the Greek, it could actually mean that she lived 84 years past the day when her husband died. That makes her what? A hundred and four. A hundred and four. Now, she could have been anywhere from 84 to probably in the late hundreds. But either way, is there anybody in here 84? I, put, I don't think there is. No. <laughs> Joe raised his hand. Nobody in here 84. Oh, Robert, come on. Robert did the music. He's not 84. 84 years old. 84 or 104. Now, could she have made an excuse about her age? Absolutely. Could she have been the ones not praising the Lord, not thanking the Lord? After all, she needs to keep a really strict diet because she's older, right? Elderly people need to make sure that they really watch everything they eat perfectly, right? Because that's what we're told in our culture, right? But she fasted. She fasted. That means she went without food and praise to God. Here is a no-excuses kind of person. How about us? Notice in verse 37 it says, Serving night and day, fasting with prayers. This points to an ongoing habit for her life. She didn't fast once. This was an ongoing thing. Now, I've attempted to fast a couple times in my life. And I'd say this very uh, shamefully. This is not one of my strong points. I've got to work at it. Fasting is a uh, great thing. You want to know a little bit better about fasting? Go to an expert. John Piper's really good at it. Go to his wife website. I'm not the pastor to talk to you a lot about it because I'm not real good at it. But you know, it's really not about the fasting as much as the sacrifice that's crucial. The sacrifice. Here we've got a lady that's in an old lady that's been widowed and could have made many excuses, and yet she does what? She sacrifices all the time, continuously, for God. It's all about sacrifice for God. This is the kind of person God wants, is a no-excuses, sacrificial person. Is that you? Is that who you are about? Or are you all about your way? That's not who Anna was. Boy, I'm thinking about a, naming a daughter, if we ever get a daughter, Anna is a perfect name. It's a beautiful name. 
It points to this kind of no excuses kind of lady. That's what I want my life to be about. What about you? Why is Anna like this? What is it? Why is there a lady like this in Scripture, maybe 104 years old, serving day and night, fasting, sacrificing, praying continuously? Why does Anna do this? By the way, they didn't have the painkillers in their day. They didn't have the medicines in their day. More excuses anybody could give, right? Oh, I need medicine. So most likely she probably, if she's 104 or 84, how do you think her joints are feeling? Look, these bodies break down. Would you not all agree? Would everybody say amen to that? Except all the children. They hurt, right? How many times have you felt like when you rolled out of bed, oh, I can't get out of bed. This is too hard. My body's hurting. Here's a 104-year-old lady fasting, going without food. And praying continually day and night in the temple. You say, well, she was older. She had more time. Right? It says she did it all of her life from the moment she was widowed is the way it's read in the text. She was about this when she was 21 and had just lost her husband. That's the way the passage reads. She was a no-excuses lady her entire life. I want to be like Anna. How? Why is she like this? The answer is this. It's her husband. Her husband. He died. What are you talking about? No, her first love. She loved God. She was about God. What an amazing lady. Her husband was God. I'm doing all these weddings. and I did one last week and I'm doing again another one today. You know, you know what the weddings remind me so much of? I even prayed it last night at Jonathan and Asia's or yesterday at their reception or their rehearsal. It reminds me of my Savior. It reminds me of a wedding day that I'm going to be in. It reminds me of my first love. It reminds me of God. Even Omar posted it on his Facebook this week. His valentine is God. Praise the Lord. That's what it's about with Anna. If it was about the if it was about her earthly husband, she would have been destroyed for the at 20. She wouldn't have been there continually fasting and praying. Ladies and gentlemen, she was about God. I agree 100% with John Piper on the misconceptions that our culture has about retirement. 
100% with him on this one. We think we work and we work and we work and then we retire and we rest and we go pick up seashells. Right? You know what that is? Wrong thinking. You work, you work, you work, you retire, you serve God more. That's the way it should be. You serve God more. You have more time to serve God. Boy, that doesn't, that doesn't, I know that doesn't fit. And here, I want to say this because I know as I was preaching through this, I'm thinking to myself, every older person in the congregation is looking at me going, yeah, right, Mike. Yeah, right. You ain't walking in my shoes. You don't know what it's like. You're right. I don't. But Anna did. (laughs) It's possible. God worked in Anna. He can work in you. Now, I don't say that to beat you up. I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm saying to encourage you. God loves you. And if God used Anna, he can use you. Piper tells of two missionary ladies who served into their 80s. And one day they were killed in a horrible car accident. And he asked the question, was that a tragedy? The answer is no. What? They served right up to the last minute when they died and they went to be with God. That's glorious. What's a tragedy, he says, is that we have thousands of people that retire and don't do anything with all that time that they could be sharing their wisdom that we need. I need to sit and listen to the people that are retired in here. I need to learn from you guys. I need your wisdom. You walk this world. We need you, don't we, young people? That's why Titus 2 talks about older women teaching younger women. We need you. That's why I want more older people in our congregation. I want tons more. Don't you, younger people? Start praying for it. I want more and more and more. Please, God. You want a great conversation? Sit down and talk with John Samick for a minute or two. I don't usually like to pick out people, but the guy's wise. I respect you, Mr. Samick. Miss Ellie. They've gone through some very tough times. But they are faithful to the Lord. They're here. They keep going. That's what Anna was like. I want more like that, don't you? And I want to be like that, don't you? No excuses. Anna could have given them, but she couldn't, and she didn't. She never, it says, left the temple. Never left the temple. Now, does that mean that she had a house in the temple? No. It means that in her time, she was continuously there all the time. Now, 
She probably lived right outside, and it, so there's enough freedom in the text here to say that, in the area, but she was at the temple regularly, fasting and praying, probably daily, day and night. No excuses. And she never left. Again, why did Anna not give excuses? Because she was serving her Lord, who would one day save and or send a Redeemer. That's what she was doing. I want Grace Bible Church to be a church of no excuses kind of people. No excuses, all right? None of us have any excuses. Because God is worth it. The next excuse Anna didn't use, notice. Anna was a prophetess. Now, <laughs> you might say, wait, being a prophetess, that wouldn't be an excuse. That would be a benefit. Well, no, not necessarily. And I want, to, I want you to think about this for a second. Being a prophetess could have had an excuse because being a prophetess was rare. Very rare. In the entire history of the Bible, there are only ten recorded prophetesses. Ten. And four of them are daughters of one man. And nothing is recorded of what they said. So this is a very rare circumstance. Anna was in a a prophetess in a woman in a man's world, especially at this time, culturally speaking. For her to step up and say something in a man's world would have been what? Nice word, taboo, crazy. It would have been difficult for her to step up and say, "This is the Messiah." The whole place would have said, "Be quiet, shh." Women don't speak in here. Be quiet. The fact of the matter is, is Anna was given a special gift. I don't think that this gift is still around, by the way. We can argue about that some other day. We still love each other. But the reality is this. She was a prophetess in a time that it wasn't popular to be a prophetess. And she could have very well said, like another prophet, hey, I don't want to do this. Maybe like Jonah. Hey, if I speak up and say this is the one, and I go around and say this is the one, the men are going to say, be quiet, woman. Shh. Because that's the world she lived in. But she didn't make excuses. She very well could have said, I'm a woman. I can't speak up boldly for Christ, for this Messiah. But listen, everybody. Listen closely. We all need to be ready to give a defense of the hope that lies within us. We all need to be ready. I don't care if you're man, woman, child, whatever. We might not be prophetesses, you ladies, but you need to be ready to proclaim the gospel. You need to be ready to share your faith. You need to be ready to show love. 
I'm afraid in our circles we uh, overreact. We overreact. We think, okay, we're all about 1 Timothy 2. We throw it out there real fast. Women, Paul says, Paul says, women, I do not allow you to teach or exercise authority over a man. That's what Paul said, and that is God's word, and the context is the church. So we take a passage like that, and we say what? Women, be quiet. Be quiet. Don't talk. I hate to tell you, folks, I've read the Bible, and I'm looking at the Bible, and as I study it more and more, God used women to tell men even the Messiah was there. It's there. I'm afraid that we have a tendency to do this. Also, ladies, listen closely. And I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you this nicely. We have a tendency to use our personality trait of being a little shy as an excuse not to proclaim the gospel and share it. And that's wrong. Now, that does not mean that we're going to have women preachers. We're not. We're not going to have women teaching and exercising. We're not going to have women being elders in our church. We're not. Why? Because God's Word says it. (laughs) Okay? But that doesn't mean that women can't talk and share the gospel and show love. Right? Would you not agree? Does everybody in here agree? (laughs) I hope so. Anna didn't keep quiet. She went around to all the people that were looking for the Messiah and told them, He's here, He's here, He's here. Shh, woman, be quiet. No. We need to be ready. Look at First Peter 3. Here's your memory verse for the week. Write it down. First Peter 3.15. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asked you to give an account for the hope that is in you. (laughs) She's ready. (laughs) Yet with gentleness and reverence. Do you see that? Oh, I think this is a great verse for us to memorize. Set apart Christ as the Lord in your heart and always ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give account. Are you ready? Anna was. We all have a million excuses at our disposal. Anna didn't. She had them, but she didn't use them. We can use anything, our age, our marital status, our gifting from God, our looks, our abilities, right? I just don't have the ability to do it. I just can't talk. I'm just too old. I'm too young. I don't have enough Bible knowledge. 
But we can't be excuse makers. Anna wasn't. She was always ready. And she was always serving. Night and day in the temple. I don't like to call special attention to people. I did it twice already this week or this sermon. But I'm going to do it again. The reason why I don't like to call special attention to people, and one of the reasons why, is because when I do call special attention to people, we have a tendency to lift that person up. And again, that would miss the point, right? It's about God working in a person. But I saw God's grace on display in a person this week, in a young lady. Y'all know about Marquia? She's one of the girls that comes and she teaches one of our Sunday school classes. Her father passed away this week. I'm telling you, folks, she was ready. She was ready to give a defense of the hope that lied within her. Oh, it was amazing. We were con- we were talking back and forth through messages, and she was posting it up on the face on Facebook. God decided that it was now time for my father to go, and I trust him. I don't understand why, but I trust him. I know that he is good and he is kind. Just wow, ready to give a defense. No matter what her circumstances were, how many in you in here, how many, including myself, if that happened to me, I'd just go, I give up. No more. Anna wasn't that kind of lady. Kia wasn't that kind of lady. We don't have to be those kind of people. No excuses. And finally, fourth. Anna was a part of a minority group. You say, where is this, Mike? Well, look real closely at the passage. It says, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Now, who, who is the tribe of Asher? This is a really small group, a really small group. A matter of fact... This group is a part of the ten tribes of Israel. You said, I thought there were twelve tribes of Israel. But there's ten tribes of Israel. And then there's the two southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Right? 722. Is that right, Dave? 722? I just forgot it. 722? Israel was taken away? Yeah. Yeah. 722, the ten tribes of Israel were taken away into captivity by Assyria. Okay? One of those tribes was Asher. They were taken away by Assyria. Very few of those ten tribe people ever came back. They were completely taken away to Assyria and assimilated into Assyrian culture. That's why a lot of people say they're the lost ten tribes of Israel. But they're not lost. A few, a very small few, returned to Judah 
and went with the people that really followed the Bible and God. This is what she was a part of. A small group. Most of Judah and and and, and most of Judah hated the Israelites, hated the northern tribes because they had abandoned God. Yet she, a small group from those that had abandoned, had humbled herself and been a part of the tribe that had stayed faithful to God. Even this week we learned about Samaria. The Samaritans. The Samaritans um, were people from the ten tribes that intermingled and, and rejected the God, the same God of the uh, people of Judah. But here we have this one lady from the uh, tribe of Asher staying faithful. She was a part of a small group that remained faithful, even though she could have made excuses. Nothing got in her way. Not her age. Not her widowed status, not her status as a prophetess, not her status as a minority. She was there in Luke chapter 2. At at the very moment she came up, she began thanking God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for redemption. This giving thanks has the concept of openly and publicly confessing what is due someone. Acknowledging God. Saying, God, you deserve this. You deserve praise. You deserve thanks. It's returning thanks to God continually. Oh, I see there's such a little trap here. I want you to get it. Very important. Very important point. Anna was the exact opposite of how the world thinks. When a problem comes for the world, the world does this. Complain, grumble, make excuses, right? Anna, on the other hand, made no excuses, served daily, and she returned Thanks instead of complaints. Do you see that in the text? Listen. Listen. Here's the application. Listen closely. When something bad happens to you, what is your first reaction? Complaining. Right? When something doesn't go well with you, the first thing for you to do is to make excuses and complain. Anna was the opposite. She gave thanks, she praised God continuously. All the time. She was a no excuses kind of lady. And that's what we need to be like. A no excuses kind of person. What are the excuses you give? Okay, y'all got them. Come on, lay them out there. What are you thinking right now? What are the excuses you have? 
I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I'm too intelligent. <laughs> it's not my personality to talk to people. It's not my nature to be thankful. I'm not outgoing. I'm lonely. I'm single. I'm married. I'm too busy. I got tons of children. I'm poor. I'm rich. Over and over and over. Excuses, excuses, excuses. That's what we are. We must repent. We must stop the complaining. How did Anna do it? What made Anna do this? What made Anna do this? Look at the text. At that very moment. The moment when the Messiah showed up. She came up and began giving thanks to God. And continued to speak of Him, the Messiah. To all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, get this. Why did Anna do what she did? Because she loved God. She loved the Messiah. She loved the Savior. It was about Him. Her life was about Him. When He shows up on the scene, it's, Oh, He's here! And she knew who the ones were looking for Him to. It appears that she went around and said, Hey, Mike, you were looking for him too? He's here. Go look. You're looking for the Messiah? Go look. He's over here. Come look. He's here. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Again, the message is almost the same every week. <laughs> and it's going to be this way all the way through Luke. You're going to hear variations of this same message every week, and you're going to think I'm a broken record. And guess what? That's why God wrote it that way. It's going to be over and over and over. The message is about Jesus Christ. And if you know Him, you will love Him. And you will stop making excuses and you'll start loving God. And you'll tell people about Him. Do you get this? She got it. Who is her first love? God. Who is your first love?
Christ is your first love, there are no excuses. Let's pray.